0: So it's really exciting to be here, at back with the uh, latest edition of the Let's Do Influencing show, and really exciting to have uh, two guests with us, one a brand new guest for me, uh, one a past guest. Uh, I, I love bringing on new guests, and I love bringing on past guests as well, so our listeners know that. Uh, so really excited to have Mark here, to have Crystal here. And where I'd like to maybe uh, start is, even though we shared your bio at the beginning, I'd love to maybe ask you guys if you could tell us even just a little tiny nugget about your backstory that really stands out to you because we won't always pick the thing that really stands out so and maybe I'll, I'll just kind of uh i'll go uh by asking uh each person first just to help us direct traffic uh so maybe crystal i'll start with you if that's okay
1: okay so um how far back i mean i was born and raised in idaho family of nine kids um I always thought it was interesting trying to figure out how each of us process life so differently, even though we ate out of the same refrigerator, had the same parents lived by the same rules, right? And so that eventually led me after being a career in real estate to um, life coaching. I'm a life coach, board certified life coach, clinical um, hypnotherapist. And um, I just love the idea that, uh, you know, exploring how the mind works and how we can use our minds to work for us rather than against us. So that's what my work's about, and Mark and I are super excited. We just wrote the book, Ask, so that journey always starts with asking questions.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to dive in there because one of the questions I get all the time is how did you manage to interview this person or that person and so I'd like to dive into the importance of first asking for the interview so uh but Mark I'd like to ask you a little bit uh, about yourself as well I'm sure a lot of people uh listening and watching will be familiar with chicken soup for the soul so I'm not sure if you'll go there but yeah Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your journey
2: well first of all uh I had a vision when I was 1974, I'm bankrupt, I'm upside down, I'd gone bankrupt so fast that I'd check a book out of the library, I didn't go bankrupt by yourself, so it was a bad time for six months hiding under the sheets, and I say that only because so many people are feeling, you know, isolated, incarcerated, and, and shut down, so um, all of a sudden, what we're teaching in this new big ask is you got to ask yourself, ask others, and ask God, and, I was saying, okay, God, what's your destiny for me? And I, I, am now willing to tell that now, all these years later. And I, He said, you're gonna be a speaker and a messenger and a communicator and an author. And I go, oh, are you sure you got the right guy here, Big G? I mean, you know, the whole deal. So I go to my roommate. I was living in Hicksville, Long Island, New York, and and slip, sleeping in a sleeping bag in front of some other guy's room. So things were really bad. So I asked my roommates, I said, any of you guys know, anybody that's young, that's not a cotton top, not a lawyer, not a doctor, not a celebrity and making money as a speaker. And, and one of my roommates, John in real estate said, yeah, 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 this guy, Chip Collins, he's a few years older than you. He's out t- this morning talking to nine o'clock to MLS. I'll give you my ticket. You go. And well, I raced my little butt out to hop hog Long Island, New York. No one ever heard of that city probably that's watching or listening. Anyhow, I, um, watched him was mesmerized. I asked him, I said, Chip, can I take you to lunch? He said, yeah, I love to go to buy my lunch. <laughs> I asked him every question you could think of, just like you do. And um, I loved it. And I wrote down, he said, look, kid, chance you're making it in the speaking business, one in a thousand. I'm going on vacation two weeks. When I get back, you'll be gone. But here are the questions. You go to the life insurance business, bottomless pit for motivated nation, 90% turnover every year. You're not going to make it, but here's the questions. And, and so the next day I knocked on 10 doors because I've been selling since I was nine years old, right? I was a top greeting card salesman. So I'm pretty rejection proof, just like we got rejected 144 times for chicken because I kept asking and asking and asking. Um, and, and so one guy last six 30 at night, a lovely old guy, gigantic in size, Tony, I'm biggest metropolitan kid. Here's a check and the, Here's the directory. You go call him. You told Big Tony, told you to call. Well, hell, my ticket was wonderful. Two weeks later, after asking everybody to take my little four seminars on prospecting, presenting, closing, good work happens, I was booked. Man, I did a 1,000 seminars the first three years in the business, and only Tony Robbins and I, as far as I know, ever did that much. Most people don't know that. Did I tell you that last time I was on?
0: No. No, this is new.
2: Okay, good question. Yeah, I, you know, I want to cover new stuff.
0: No, I I love that. And uh, speaking of new stuff, and and when we talk about the new book, where I'd like to start, you know, not ignoring the elephant in the room or out of the room, as it were. uh, But the idea now, as you mentioned, that we're, you know, most of us are on lockdown. uh, We're we're in the middle of a pandemic, depending on when they're watching or listening to this, because as we know, these things are, uh, you know, last for a lifetime. But um, I'd love to get your thoughts on how the book I guess we'll say, fits in to this? Because obviously you were working on the book before this was even a thought for most people. And so how does the idea of asking fit into what we're dealing with today?
1: Right, Corey, we just feel so fortunate of the timing of this book. And some people say, oh, this is a terrible time to release a book, but we feel just the opposite. We feel like it can be a great help to people right now because we're all stuck at home, you know, and, and it's stressful and we're wondering a lot of things. Our, our future seems uncertain. But if we forget about that for a minute and say, look, if someone gave you these three, four, five weeks at home, right? And they said, you you know, things are gonna be taken care of, the government's gonna help everybody out. If this were just, if we thought of this as just our downtime, to do those things that we've been promising ourselves, we do. Because all of us have these dreams in our hearts and goals and things we are always putting off because life is so distracting. And right now, we don't have those distractions. So we also don't have the excuses. And what we're saying to people is, it's time to sit down with yourself and have that special quiet time. And our, our book talks a lot about the questions that you need to ask yourself. But, you know, like Mark said, the, we, we say the three channels through which to ask are, ask yourself, ask others and ask God. And so it's a really good time to sit down and do that introspective journey and start asking yourself those questions. Like, what is it that I love about my life? What is it that I'd like to change? You know, what would those changes look like? What, what would my end goal be? How would I get there if I started sculpting a better plan for the things I want? Is it relationships? Am I happy with my relationships? Am I happy with my career? Am I happy with my, you know, any relationship, your kids, your family, whatever, your significant other, your spouse. Um, but it is a wonderful time and you have the time. This is, if we look at this time differently, And look at it as a gift and say, I'm going to take this gift and I'm going to do something really magical with it. Sit down with myself and start asking these questions and then write them down because it's so important to keep track of what you're writing and you will be amazed. That's why we say, you know, asking is literally like the bridge from your dreams to your destiny. Because when you start asking, you start getting a solution. An idea will come to you. Um, you know, some kind of resolution, you'll start to solve a problem. And so step by step, you just keep asking the next question, the next question, and pretty soon you're moving along this bridge to your ultimate destiny. And it's, it's it's a magical process, truly.
0: So I love that. And, you know, Mark, one of the things that I was reading about is how uh, you asked the congregation, I believe it was, if I have it correct, when it came to Pick and Soup for the Soul, wanting to demonstrate that this book could really sell. Uh, here's a question for you out of that, is I mean, I, I'd love for you to tell that story. But also, you know, people are always concerned about, is it wrong to ask for money? Is it wrong to make sales? What would you have to say to somebody like that who's stuck in that situation?
2: Okay, you did two questions. So we'll I do know. this other one first. The, first, the second one is I wrote a book called uh, Grow Rich in your Next to Niche, which world's greatest marketer, Jay Abraham, the guy, the long copy guy. And he and I have exactly the same birthday and are close friends for uh, 20, 30 years, whatever it is. Anyhow, Jay said it is your moral. It is your ethical obligation. If you can serve, then you got to serve. Now, with regard to ask, we think everybody's got a destiny. That's why we did it as a subtitle. And a destiny is your f- fulfill your potential. And if we're fulfilling our potential by doing all these podcasts and our goal is to talk to 10 to 100 million people during this year for podcasts. And and I give it that range because like I never asked you how many are listening potentially and maybe you'll tell us at the end or somewhere email us. But the point is, I think we can get to it. And I'm saying podcasting is a new TV and a new radio. I think they're passe and people are going to have more niche stuff than ever before. And I've been so excited to answer that question. I forgot the first question. Uh, Charlie
1: Green. The, the oh, asking, Charlie Green. So, <laughs> asking so. Asking for money and asking for orders. Yeah.
2: So Jack and I wrote the book. We had, had 144 publishers turn us down. I'm carrying it. Now, everywhere Jack and I had been, and we are talking to both of us, a quarter million people in audiences, different audiences, because he did educators and I did uh, business, right? And, and so what's amazing is that I'd stand in front of churches, because churches are, I do the mega churches and I'm in Kansas City. Charlie's just a congregant. I don't know who he is. He writes us this letter that we didn't expect. And he said, you were so cute. He said, you held up this manuscript. You've done a smashingly good talk. And then you said, ladies and gentlemen, what I need is I need your help. I need you to pray that this book becomes number one. I need you to pray. I need you to help me. I need you to okay it. I need you to see that it's going to make it because nobody sees it except Jack and Mark and now you. You've heard the stories. They're phenomenal. They touch your heart and soul. They cause you instantaneous behavior change. Humma humma." And he said, and then you said, look, I put on every seat and there's thousands of people, a little certificate with an order form, write it in with your credit card when the book comes out. I won't catch your check until the book comes out. Well, when we finally did get a publisher, it said basically it was a vanity press deal, but the health communication said you got to sell, because we didn't know they were bankrupt at the time, but you got to sell 20,000 copies of $6 each. Well, that's 120 grand that Jack and I didn't either of us have. We didn't have any loose cash because it was, a, again, a slump in America's thing. So I've gone through these recessions, and they always come out good, which we can talk about before this is over, Corey. Anyhow, um, everybody in the congregation, according to Charlie, filled it up and gave it to me. Now, I I, I can either confirm or deny. I'll be a politician. <laughs> but I assume it's true because we had all those orders. But it was phenomenal. And he wrote us that just when we were doing this book. And I go, oh, man, that has to go in the book. So perfect.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. And I guess, you know, you hit in a couple, uh, one area that, uh, you know, I'm thinking about, as you're saying about asking, is the power of taking action. And one of the things that I talk about often, in fact, uh, in my last book, I talked about the law of action because I felt when I talked to people, and, and I interviewed four people that were in the secret just in the last two months, and I asked them, you know, What do you think is the thing they could have added? And it came back always to it didn't really talk as much about how to take action. So I guess my question out of this is how important is action in this whole thing? Because if you wouldn't have stood up in front of that church, you know, if you didn't ask that question, if you didn't say help me out, um, you didn't take that action. A lot of people will say, well, do the vision board, which we know works. But if it was just the vision board on its own, you know, how I guess how well would it work if you didn't take the action? So big question out of that is how important is the action side?
2: First of all, 100% because you got to take self-initiative to action. And if anybody listening really wants the formula, what we do in our book ask is we say, you got to do the thing, ask yourself 50 times a day when you wake up, do it now, do it now, do it now. And then you literally, Crystal and I say, we give ourselves three seconds. We have an idea, we decide to take action on it. And if that means writing it down, we we'll write it down. But we also write down the appendage is what are we going to focus on and how are we going to take it? Like being on your show like you interviewing all those guys one of which I assume was Bob Proctor one of our close dear friends I don't know who you interviewed but I would suspect Bobby
0: it was Bob yeah and uh, Mike Dooley and yeah. uh, also Jack of course <laughs> quite well known to you uh yeah and, and Lisa Nichols Lisa Nichols
2: yeah oh Lisa and, one of my students and friends yeah
0: yeah and, and Lisa I'll tell you it kind of backed up what I just said about the vision board because Lisa had the greatest summary to it that I think I've ever heard. She said, you know, she said, I liken it to about the part about taking action. You know, a person could sit on the, the nicest couch in the world and have the nicest vision board beside them and be watching TV and look at the vision board 20 times a day. But if they never get off the couch for a year, all they're going to have is a lump in the couch. That's right.
1: <laughs> Boy, that is really well, well said. And that's why we say in the book that you need to prepare to be a good asker. And and, uh, the three first points we make are, first of all, you have to believe that your questions will be answered. You have to have a strong belief in that and really say, you know, I'm going to keep going um, until I find my answer. You know, you can't just give up after the first question, after someone turns you down the first time. And the second point is action. You have to keep taking action. So whatever it is you I've identified that you want to do or that you're going to ask for, you need to get up and, like, immerse yourself in that quantum soup. Who's doing it? Who would want what you have? You need to put yourself out there and be in that or nothing's going to happen. You need to start, start, you know, mixing with the universe in those areas that you want to be a part of.
0: So let me ask you guys both this question. Um, feel free to whoever wants to answer first. But when it comes to the three different uh, people to ask that you outlined, Can you guys give an example, whether it's together as a couple, whether it's individual, of each of those? I mean, I know that's a big question, but uh, each of those in your life?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Okay, so for me, I think one of the most pivotal times in my entire life was um, I was alone in a new city with a baby on my hip. You know, I married my boyfriend really young. High school was really easy for me. I graduated at age 16. Um, Didn't work out. So... You know, I'm, I'm in a new city, baby on my hip and no job, no way, no idea how I'm going to support myself. And so I applied for food stamps and I, the first time I went to that grocery store and I was ready to turn over those food stamps. It was like time stood still. And this huge question just loomed in my mind. And it, it basically at the first question that came to me is how did I get here? And the minute I asked myself that, I asked the second question, am I doing everything I can to get out of this, using all my own resources, or am I taking the easy way out? And as I, those questions came into my mind, literally, I had already answered them. And by the time I was handing my food stamps over to the cashier, I was like, so I did it with so much conviction. In my, my, my mind, I said, I will never, this will not be my future. I didn't say it out loud. I was saying it to myself so strongly. So then I went home and I just started asking myself, you know, where do I go? How do I, how do I get a job tomorrow? So I I knew there were temporary service agencies like Kelly services and ones like that. So I, I, I I applied with Kelly services, got registered, asked them what jobs I could have. And then I realized that there were other agencies and no one said I couldn't register for multiple. So I registered for more so that I'd have, because they would call you and say, do you want this job? Do you want this job? You could say yes or no. So pretty soon I'm doing all of these jobs and, you know, meeting all these people. i am working in an attorney's office. I'm setting up booths and malls. I'm doing all kinds of, really cool things, you know, sales jobs. And I learned so much about myself. I realized that I'm pretty good at business, pretty good at sales, and I love working with people. And so from there, I thought, I'm going to keep asking for more. So someone said, you know, you should do some modeling. So I went to the top agencies in my town. I asked them to sign me that they did. One of them did. And it was, it was the best agency in our town. And then I thought I really love sales and I love homes. I like was obsessed with homes. Even in, when I was a kid, I would rearrange my room like three times a year because I love decorating and homes. So that I want to sell real estate. So I got my real estate license and I got a job with, so like a year after I turned those food stamps over to the cashier, I was working for our, the top home builder and I became the top realtor and I had some television commercials running that were paying me um, Screen Actors Guild benefits, which was great for me and my son, because my little boy and I had full insurance. So it was like, I realized from that point forward in my life that asking those questions, asking yourself, okay, first of all, asking God for direction, because it's huge. I, I, I got some amazing direction um, from God at the time, and, and it was, was really about what, not to do and it was a very powerful experience for me i almost took a wrong turn that would have really devastated my life so i can say that with absolute conviction so and then asking other people because i needed to reach out and ask people how do i you know who's the best modeling agency who's where's the best place to get work you have to start understanding the people are your best resource and we need to be each other's resource it's okay to ask And the research we did for our book proves that people like to be a resource to each other. We want to help one another. But so there's an 80% chance that someone will help you with your request if you ask. If you don't ask, you're at zero. You've gained nothing. So you have nothing to lose by asking. You have an 80% increase in the chances that you will get what you want.
0: Wow so powerful did you have any uh that you want to share mark any experience about the asking of
2: the- yeah yeah and i want to cover new stuff every time i'm with you so i'm i'm assuming that i never talked to you about my rock group no. I saw- I saw the Beatles come on TV. It's uh, 1963 or four and the Beatles come on and I'm in high school and I call my best little buddy. And I say, did you see that? He said, yeah. I said, I'm going to ask you. He said, what are you going to ask me? I said, we're starting a rock group. How would you like to be? He's a good singer, a lead singer. He said, yeah. Well, the next day we're out, he buys the first, fourth electric organ in America. I bought a bass guitar. We got with a guy that was a great lead we asked, then what we did is we asked others. We asked every rock group because we all looked older than our age. I, I, I look older than I am now.
1: Everybody's
2: age, so, I'll yeah, yeah. so So we went out to all the groups and then we found out who was hiring, who wasn't hiring all because we asked and I made a lot of money. I mean, at my Zenith, we do rock concerts and sock cops, charge $5 each, give half to the YMCA, half to us. And it was like $5,000 a night, which is more than my dad was making a year. So it, was a, it wasn't every night, but it was brilliant when it worked. And it, it made enough so I could go to college. So it was like beyond exciting. And we've all got to learn to ask. And the, in, let me do the bigger answer for your listeners. Everyone today is going to have to pivot. Right now, it's not just the three of us on this call. It's eight billion of us on the planet. That we're all going to have to pivot. They're shut down India. They're, China's still shut down. When we're making this, I don't know when the people are going to be listening. Like you said, it's got to be evergreen. But it is a big new zone, and all of us are going to have to pivot. And why Crystal and I wrote "Ask the Bridge from Your Dreams Your Destiny" is because they've got to go discover their destiny. They got to say, "Here's the." You asked for a very specific. Say, God, what's your destiny for me? God, what's your destiny for me? God, what's your destiny? 400 times before you go to sleep, God's going to tell you, but you better have a pen and paper handy. You better be able to record it on your smartphone or whatever your device is. I don't care what device you use. I'm not here selling one over another. All I'm saying is ideas are like wet, slippery fish, and you wake up and say, oh, I knew what I was supposed to do, but what was I supposed to do? <laughs> no, that doesn't work. You got to ask and then lock down the answer.
0: So I'd love to ask you guys, speaking of ask, about uh, a two-part side of things. One, is it important to be creative with your ask uh, every now and then? And then the second part, uh, which is more just about the idea of receiving, because you, mentioned, you brought up Bob Proctor, for instance, and the way I was connected to Bob for another project is through, and I won't say his name because he, like, uh, he doesn't like a lot of uh, coverage. He's kind of the behind-the-scenes guy, but he said, who do you want me to connect you with for this project? And I did. I I struggled, and i I I know I have to be a healthy receiver, but I struggled. I was like, oh, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. But he kept bringing it. He said, what about Bob Proctor and Les Brown? And finally, I said, yes, submit it. And then had two great interviews. But the challenge is being a tough receiver. And so, how important is it to be able to receive? And then, secondly, creative. And I know there's two questions, but creative in your asking.
1: Right. So that goes kind of back to be preparing to be a good asker. It is so important to pre- prepare and believe that yes, you deserve answers and that they're out there for you and it's okay to accept them. And the other part of receiving is, we have the section on being a grantor of good wishes, uh, you know, of, of people, a grantor of wishes. So when people ask things, it's also on the other side of it, like let's open up to the idea that we're here to serve each other. And so nobody has to feel badly about that. It is so important to prepare and to, you know, spend some time affirming to yourself that it is important for you to receive. Otherwise you stop the cycle of giving and receiving. You literally stop that sort of universal cycle, the cycle that we need to have with one another because nothing really changes. If we can't, if we can't ask and, you know, ask and, and grant wishes, give and receive, you know, it's like even in scripture, it says asking you shall receive, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be opened. I mean, that is really foundational to who we are as, as human beings and who we are at our best. And so we really need to remember that and be comfortable with it and be okay with it. It's important to receive from each other. Sometimes by receiving something, you're, you're giving a gift to someone. Like they want to help. It feels good to help. And we do have stories in the book that talk about that, how what a blessing what a gift it is for ourselves to be that grantor of wishes and to be that giver and be that helper. And so that's just as important. So it helps us feel more calm about asking that everybody out there isn't waiting to go, Oh man, you're asking me again. It's not like that, (laughs) you know, but that goes back to something else we should talk about. And that's the seven roadblocks to, you know, being a good asker because we all have those roadblocks, the seven roadblocks to becoming a good asker because we're all thinking we're unworthy You know, it's our unworthiness, our fear, our naivete or our doubt, all of these roadblocks that we talk about and give really good story examples in the book. We need to really, it's important to listen to other people's stories. And that's why we did so many great stories because stories are metaphors and metaphors are like patterns in our brain and our brain thinks in patterns. So by reading these stories, we're sort of, you know, digesting the entire experience of someone else. And it, it gets encoded into our memory so we can learn much more quickly. So the stories are just beautiful in the book. We love sharing those. And then the create the creative part, do you want to cover that? Because that's the third, the third part of preparing to be a good asker is imagination, right?
2: Right. And imagination, as you know, is the biggest room in the world. And, and so here's what I want you to imagine personally and everybody listen to Imagine. You're going to ask at least three people. You've got to decide to be a bold asker. And the three of us are now giving every viewer and every listener Full permission to ask. Now, what does that mean? That means you're going to ask everybody for three. I'm going to ask you for three other podcasts that we should go on. We just got our book, so I'm proud to show it. I don't know if they sent you a copy of what it looks like, but that's what it looks like. And and, and we're in love with <laughs> <laughs> we love that book. But but let me tell you what we want. Everybody that buys a book and goes to Amazon.com and buys the book now, because that's the only basic way you can get it, because bookstores when we're doing this are closed, so you right. can't sit up. They life.
1: will open Sunday.
2: Send us a receipt at reception at markvictoranza.com and we're going to invite you. We created what we're gonna be the biggest book club ever now Oprah has had the biggest book club but we are gonna have the biggest book club why because we decided and and you make a decision like Bob Proctor taught you in consciousness imploded into the subconscious repetitively and we've repeated it so we're gonna have the most fun book club ever it's gonna be video oriented it's gonna be you get to ask Mark and and Crystal and those who really are excited and have like we had universities buy lots of our books at once people at churches and and individuals corporations if you want to buy a 100 of our books, two things happen. One, you get to come here to Arizona. We live in Scottsdale. We're going to have a one-day seminar. You get to ask. We'll talk about asking, and then we'll open up everyone in the audience to ask everything. And then for people to buy 100 books or more and send us a receipt at reception at markettrans.com, we have dinner at mark and crystal's house yeah
1: we're gonna have a one-day live event as soon as we can open up to live events we had we (laughs) thought it would be a lot sooner um but and then we're gonna end with a dinner together at our house so that's for people who buy 100 books or more so we're excited
0: that's That's a bold
2: ass what i'm showing you is that you can think bigger than you ever thought you could think
0: well you know to that point i'll tell you what always pops into my head when i think of Creative, and it's not definitely not a, a toot my horn thing, but it, I always think of this situation is that when I was launching my first show way back eight years ago, uh, I wanted to get um, Jack on the show. So, uh, for those listening that, that don't know who, when I just say Jack, Jack Canfield, uh, because I knew I needed to get two or three big guests to, to start immediately getting bigger guests from a leverage point of view. And so, I reached out to Jack's office, and I remember uh, well, I won't say names, but I remember uh, his uh, assistant at the time said, um, She said, well, Corey, he turns down right now nine out of every 10 because he's just so maxed out and he didn't have a book in the works. Um, But anyway, long story short, as I said, well, I'm not going to give up. So uh, I tried to come up right away. So it took four months. Uh, The finish to the story is this. I figured out I need to connect with somebody who also knows Jack that says you should be on Corey's show. So I heard Dan Sullivan being interviewed by Darren Hardy on Success Magazine, driving around in my car with the old CD. And uh, he was talking about uh, you actually and Jack working with him. And I said, okay, well, if Jack works with Dan, then I need to get Dan on the show as well. And I knew Dan would be an amazing guest. Brought Dan on the show, long story short, I brought up Jack's name, Dan said, you need to get Jack on the show. I took that clip, I sent it into Jack's office the next morning, they said, you're on. And so it's a creative ask, right? I didn't just come back and say, please, I actually took a creative approach. And then uh, the interesting part about that is the day it aired, my tiny little show at the time, brand new, the day before Jack was uh, on Larry King Live. And then it was a rerun of Super Soul Sunday on that Sunday. And I was sandwiched in between because I creatively asked. So I think that's where I was coming out with the creative ask.
1: Right. Well, we, what we tell people, Corey, is to picture what you want exactly like you did. So the third... Um, preparing to be asked the third point in preparing to be a good asker is is the visualization imagination so when you're asking for something you really want it just like you did we say go to the end game just like you did like i want to have jack on my show you're seeing him on your show you're you had that vision right and then you engineer it backwards which is what you did exactly what you did like okay who does jack know then how do i that's what you do whether it's a relationship a career whatever you want the type of sale you want to make you know use your um, imagination full out if you want to Close this deal with this particular person on a property, whatever it is. Imagine you know sitting in the restaurant celebrating, you know toasting each other because you've just signed the deal. And then start thinking backwards how you got there. And it's amazing when you start asking those questions. Your brain will just becomes this amazing resource to you, and you'll figure out the ways to do it just like you did. And in fact, there is research that shows the second you start asking yourself questions a different part of your brain goes to work for you and it's the part of your brain that does critical thinking so your brain just becomes a much better resource to you when you ask the questions
2: so what happens is the other thing i want to hitchhike on what she said is that you did the right thing from our point of view we've got a whole chapter called ask big receive big and you ask big you said who do i get that earns bigger than me to help my little show become a big show and, and from my point of view, you want to keep having your show get bigger and bigger. So I don't know who the biggest person is that you could interview. But what I've always taught, like I said, with Jay and I, Jay Abraham and I, is grow richer niche, jump from one niche to another niche. Like when I started, I started selling in life insurance business and then I jumped into chiropractic. And then all of a sudden we had two, we had a double negative in asking. Liddy Dole was head of the Red Cross and said, Hey, look, we're out of blood. I said, "Well, let's get it from the doctors. They see all these people coming in with car accidents and emergencies. And say, oh, we tried that. They won't do it." I said, "Well, I got ten honorary doctors, but three in chiropractic. I'll tell you what. I teach these guys how to have million-dollar practices that are cash practices, not insurance. And and uh, and all of a sudden, two things happen. Number one is Jack and I just had sold the book, but we sold the book in, in 1990, and it wasn't coming out. Sorry, 1992, and didn't come out until '93. And so for a year and a half, we had to wait. And I thought, wow." chiropractors have just had all their money pulled by President Bill Clinton because he won't pay insurance. They A negative times a negative in math is a positive, right? So they were hurting. I was hurting, but I knew the guys that made a million dollars like Dennis Nikitao said, everyone carry rubber bands. Every doctor carry rubber bands. Wrap around your finger. Corey, what color will my finger turn if that rubber band doesn't get released? And it's really tight and taut. Blueish, blue or Then black. blackish, then black. it falls off, right? Yeah. And you're dead. Now, he'd say, well, can you go to a medical doctor, and get rid of it? No. Can you get a PT? No. Can I massage it? No, only a carpet. Point is, I sold $3 million worth of those interview tapes because they needed it. I needed it. Kept me alive and kept yeah. me going. Asking is the critical thing. And you want to ask big so you can receive big because you can do
0: a lot more if you're big than if you're small. So I I, you've talked about it. So I want to make sure I came back to it before we finish things off is about the idea of what we can do now. Um, You know, whether we it's a business, how you can somewhat recession proof. it. I know there's, you know, there's no magic bullet, perhaps, but what people can do, what can they do to make themselves indispensable in a time like this going forward. I want to ask you those questions. But I'm curious now, and I don't know how often you're asked this question. Uh, This is for you, Mark. Um, I'm wondering, you and Jack, still do anything together at all like do you and jack uh travel now different circles i'm just curious you worked on such a big project together uh but before that you were doing some work together i believe uh doing lectures and stuff but have you guys kind of completely went your separate ways or
2: it, it, what happens is that Crystal and i decided when we sold chicken soup in uh 2008 uh, which was a great time that we wanted to go into i was in graduate school i was with dr r buckminster fuller who said let's make the world work for 100 percent of humanity and he's nominated me as one of the guys to pull it off. And we said, well, let's do green, clean, sustainable energy. And we bought into a, uh, an alternative device company. We got, if you go to naturalpowerconcepts.com, you'll see that we're basic owners, founders, and all that. And we got really cool stuff, pop-up windmills, in-stream auger turbines. And unfortunately our partners, Caterpillar, and the whole world is shut down there too. Uh, so Jack and I just, we, it, nothing wrong, we just yeah. decided to, I wanted to go do alternative energy and that was fun. But now we've come back because we see that the world, the real part of the world from our point of view, and, and we'd love you to weigh in on this, Corey, is intellectual property. Somebody's got to lead the thinking. And seeing as I'm a, a visionary leader and Crystal is, we, we want to be visionary leaders that lead in new, dynamic, passionately powerful ways. we got 12 books coming out over the next year because the publishers came back to us and said... We need this, we need this, we need this. We've had the life insurance industry has come back to us. Crystal came up with the title, Sell Like the Greats. We're interviewing the 21 greatest salesmen literally from around the world. It's sort of amazing. We're in the most mind-blowing times if you wake up. Now, if, back to what Crystal said, we got seven roadblocks to fear, right? That's seven. Is is it if you get sucked into fear, like, oh, my God, I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to pay my bills. You're done for you might as well just close up shop and leave. But, and that's why there's three parts to the virus. There's the physical virus. There's the fear of economic virus. And then there's a the mental self-imposed virus. That's why shows like yours are critically important. At least that's our point. We go deeper on that if you want. But we think that everybody's got to start thinking at a new, exciting, breakthrough level. It's 2020 and 2020 is 40. And that's the year and the number of change in, in uh,
0: spiritual numerology. And so my, my last question before we let you run, obviously I want to know how people can learn more and connect with you. So we'll say that's the unofficial last question. But the last official question is, having said all that, I'd just love to get your personal thoughts on, you said a key thing. You said, Mark, that you know it always comes back out stronger. So I'd love to get your thoughts on that because obviously people are looking for hope. Even people that listen to a show like mine, they're positive coming in, but they're still looking for maybe uh, somebody else to share their thoughts on it. So I'd love to get your thoughts on, what does this look like even three months from now, six months from now? You guys have thoughts on that side? And, and also, do you feel it's gonna come out stronger for most industries?
1: I'll just say one thing here, Corey, because um, this is really important to remember. So we've learned a lot from this situation we're all in. We've discovered a lot of it. I think a lot of people didn't realize, You know, our, our um, pharmaceuticals are being manufactured overseas, our Advil, everything, um, medical supplies, even basic things like swabs and things like that. that, We've suddenly realized we need all this stuff and we need to have control over it for our own, our own health and safety. We need to be able to control so many more things. So, I think it's a big wake up call for the United States and for Canada. You know, I mean, it's just important to have more autonomy for your own safety and well being. So, we believe that there are going to be tremendous opportunities in manufacturing and opportunities for entrepreneurs, distribution, supply chains. I mean, the businesses that come from those needs are enormous. So stay awake to that, stay open, get excited. See, don't look at the pain, look at the, the, the great rebound that we're gonna have. We'll get through this, you know, we will. We've got good medicine, we've got great experts. We'll get through this. So the big question is how can we be ready for this great rebound? How can we each play a part in that?
2: So hitchhiking on that, first of all, the first depression America had in 1898, um, the first guy to write us out of is Wallace Waddles, he wrote Signs of Getting Rich, which you've heard about, but the three things that came out of it cr- caused the Industrial Revolution, we had the automobile, Henry Ford, we had the telephone bell, Alexander Bell, and we had electricity, that's great, the next one, Napoleon Hill wrote us out of with Thinking Rich, he did all the fireside chats with FDR, like you have nothing to fear but fear itself, can fight your fears and make it disappear, but suddenly we get the jet, we get the television and we got the computer. I mean, they're big, clunky computers. I'm older than you, so they're bigger than <laughs> my house. Originally, the ones I did in graduate school are gigantic. You just go, oh my gosh. We didn't. We, Gordon Moore's law hadn't effectuated yet. Right now, I'm saying that we're going into the first time ever. We're going to have seven businesses that, during this decade from 2020 to 2030, are going to do not 50 billion, but 50 trillion t in America. One of the businesses we're part of is trash to cash. We are, for the first time ever, with a company called QCI in Michigan, they spent 20 years, $300 million getting here, but we can now recycle every atom, every piece of garbage. So all the landfills that are going to kill us, 10,000 of them are closed, and they didn't make them right 50 years ago. They did the best they knew, but they did the wrong stuff. It'll poison the water. So we can recycle the metal. We can recycle all the fuels in there. We can recycle the water. And we can recycle the plastic, which is chucking up Goofing up our oceans, killing our fishes, killing all that. So that's just one of the seven businesses. And then in, in our business, I'll just do one more is you got 5G, and you add 5G to AI, which is convergence, and suddenly you got a telephone that can have an avatar come out. And the explanation I got we got invited to the opening of the world's biggest museum in, in Washington, D.C., called Museum of the Bible. We just watched, I grew up Lutheran, and Martin Luther, who's a little guy with a bald head in the back and all that, we walk in and he's the first guy there, and I thought he was alive. I thought, how did he come from 500 years ago? I went up to touch <laughs> An him, and, and my hand went straight through him because it was a uh, what's called augmented reality, virtual reality. And that's where we're going. We're going to the most exciting, exquisite, loomingly opportunistic time in history. But back to what I said, if you're fearful, you're shut down. If you're positive and listen to all my tapes and audios and crystals and read our kind of books and the books you write and all the people you've had on, you, you're going to hit a grand slam home run. Because a lot of people are shutting down, and in a very specific way, even our publisher said, look, the big guys are all firing everyone, and we're keeping everyone, and will you help? And I go, I'm flexing my muscles and going, hey,
1: yeah, <laughs> they ain't right, boy, we're here to do it. make this work.
0: Wow, I love it. So thank you so much. Uh, my, I guess my, like I say, I'll call it the unofficial question. Um, I still think it's important. I think it's actually maybe the most important for people that have gotten, you know, 45 minutes with Mark and Crystal, but want to go deeper, whether, whatever that looks like to them, whether it's get the 100 copies of the book, whether it's get a single copy of the book, whether it's to reach out and work with you, whatever that looks like, is there a hub you'd normally direct them to?
1: Yes, so we each have our websites. First I'm gonna direct them to our social media. So we're at Crystal Dwyer Hansen on Facebook, you know, Instagram, Twitter, um, LinkedIn, all of that. And of course, Mark Victor Hansen. That's not hard uh, to find. Yeah. And then his website, markvictorhanson.com. You can connect there. Crystalvisionlife.com is my website. We're just launching relaunching our new website there, but crystalvisionlife.com. I've got a lot of audios on Audible that help with like anxiety if anyone needs that. So that's a great resource. Um, the other thing is just reaching out to us directly at reception at markvictorhanson.com. If you want to be a part of this book club discussion, um, get the book, send a receipt, and we'll invite you into this book club discussion because it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, and get people excited and enthused about, you know, really starting to ask the right questions and, and let's change the future together. So yeah, reception at markvictorhanson.com, Crystal Dwyer Hansen, Mark Victor Hansen. We look forward to Talking to everybody
2: because we think the only way people can get to their destiny is mastering the fine art of and science of asking, as we've taught it. Nobody, as far as we could find, has ever gone deep on this until we did.
0: Yeah, well, I've. I mean, I've, I'm at. You talked about uh, the number of interviews. I'm over five thousand now myself interviewing, and I have to say, I haven't. Um, I haven't interviewed one person yet that's talked about the method of asking, and even just talked about asking in depth. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't have, i 6,000 people isn't 8 billion, but I haven't come across anybody that's taught it yet. And, and I've read a lot of books and I've been reading a lot of people. So I think you're, I think you're onto something very unique, which obviously means that uh, it's an opportunity to impact a lot of lives at a time when we need it the most. We yeah. think so. We're, We're thankful to, to have been on that. your show and thankful. I hope we've helped all the people that are listening, sir. Thank oh, you. you absolutely have. Thank you. It was an absolute pleasure. And you guys made it easy. You guys are pros. So <laughs> thank you.
1: Happy to be we <laughs>